0: What's up, cold-weather bats people? This is Brandon Justice coming to you to talk about Great Lakes Bat Company. Find them online at greatlakesbatco.com. They sponsor the show. I got a glowing review about Great Lakes the other day. I got a call from Evan Petrovicius, my buddy, head coach at Riverview High School. He calls me up. He says, Brandon, it took me 20 minutes. I ordered five custom fungos within days they were shipped, and I think by tomorrow they'll already be there. Be like Evan. Order your staff some custom fungos and get them within days from greatlakesbatco.com. Welcome in to episode 12 of Cold Weather Bats. I'm one of your two hosts, Brandon Justice, joined by me, as always, with Brian Sikowski. Uh, today we are talking with a couple really interesting guests, I think. Uh, we've got Joe Mooney with a parental perspective, uh, and we've also got Josh Klu, recent commitment to Louisville, and you will hear me in the future of this episode say Louisville wrong, according to Brian uh speaking of which
1: brian how you doing great man i'm looking outside it's sunny it's warm warmish we got by the time this episode airs 13 days till uh till the season starts man i'm ready to go ready to go
0: i am elated like i, I seriously am uh, i am just ready for obvious reasons i mean we always get excited about the season but i think this season is kind of similar to last summer um for me now I know that there's a lot of coaches out there and involved with high school ball and players involved in high school ball who maybe didn't have to have the opportunity to play or have the opportunity to coach uh, during the summer of last year due to everything going on with the pandemic. And obviously now with the season starting and and all of that, like high school coaches, this is their first time back at it in a long time. You know, two years since they've really coached a high school game, right? And I remember last year at Wyandotte, it was our our first day of practice, like right after tryouts that ended first day of practice. And we were having a meeting because we were installing like a wristband system at the time. And we were having a meeting talking about how we were going to go about this and what everything meant. And then at the end of it, we kind of looked at each other as coaches and we were like, I think we just did that for, for nothing really. And then we ended up having like a talk with them about um, you know, what what was potentially going to happen. And, you know, at that point we were still kind of hopeful about the whole thing, which, you know, we all know mm-hmm. how that went. So um yeah, I mean, I just remember where we were at last year, and I'm lucky to be at South right now and have the opportunity to get after it for the first time in two years, take a high school feel as a coach, just really, really, really pumped, man, really excited, obviously, new opportunity and all that, but, um, you know, on your side of things, obviously, there's a lot of anticipation for you. What's it been like at St. Mary's? Obviously, you guys are uh, expected to do a lot of good things this year, and I know that um, a lot of people think that having a good team is just like this blessing, but having a good team is hard because you have to manage expectations and you have to, um, you know, try to limit like how big the heads get and try to stay within yourselves and all that. And sometimes it's hard to do, especially going in high schoolers. so. What's the challenge been like for you guys in that regard? Well, it's it's a story
1: that like Matt, as well as myself, have kind of brought up on the show before is like in 2018, we go to the state semis and lose. And, uh, like, one to nothing or whatever it ended up being. A really close game against Stevensville Lakeshore. And then we headed into 2019 with, like, super expectations. Like, was going to probably, like, objectively be a better team. Um, Some younger guys had become more veteran guys. Like, a good example of that is is Alex Mooney, who went from a very talented freshman to someone who was going to have more of an offensive impact uh, in terms of power. So, like, just a microcosm like, like, like that, the expectations heading into 19 were sky high. And I think we, you know, read our press clippings a little bit too much. We, we, uh, got our, our heads full of ourselves a little bit too much. And, and the start to the season was not good. You know, we were, uh, we won some games. Like, I, I think we were seven and nine at one point, like the, we, we dropped to like four and seven after, after getting swept by U of D and then Like split the next several games, whatever it was, just just not playing super well, and then uh, we we went on a road trip to Ohio, played uh, the Catholic schools in the Toledo and and Cleveland area, and, and really started playing well, and that's when when things got rolling. But like, so to your point, trying to avoid that is huge. Trying to to come into this season with sky high expectations, with an objectively loaded roster. With a ton of really, really good players, but like as we've said before, still got to play the games, still have to win the games, and I, I hope we we don't lose sight of that in the short term because of the expectations or because of the excitement. But uh, I think having having kind of been there with it, having kind of experienced that, um, we're now more able, especially Matt, obviously, uh, more able to. Um, kind of stem the tide of that in the early going, you know, not kind of let it do anything. Uh, and, and I think we, the, the way we practiced last year before COVID's, you know, the way we tried out and then practiced once before COVID hit, like I, I was optimistic that it wasn't going to happen last year either. So same optim- optimism, same expectations, just, uh, got to go and play the games, work hard, nothing, absolutely nothing given to us.
0: Yeah. And, um, you know, it's, it's that time of year now where, you know, all these things are coming to fruition or they're not. And then like, it's honestly really um, interesting to take a step back and look at kind of like the faces of the offseason that you have as a coach, where you have that like introductory phase where you're like, okay, what are we getting back? Uh, and how do they look in comparison to the last time we saw them? And obviously that face is a lot different now than it was in the past. Whereas like, I remember in the past, especially as a player, like talking back, like, 2011 i know there's probably way better stories from even further back then that even you could tell us brian uh where i remember back then like we didn't have any way of sharing progress right like that we had like motor <laughs> razors you know like we weren't taking videos and sending those things you know like th- those things weren't happening there was no social media um well there was facebook right but like twitter didn't come around until like what 2013 2012 was like a bigger thing right for that age group i think it was there yeah. but it was never like big right so um, and then at, at from an athletic standpoint, it never really got prominent until shoot, twenty fifteen probably is when like a recruiting standpoint, I mean, like it kind of probably started to take a little jump, but it really wasn't it really didn't take over until honestly, like what, twenty seventeen probably, I would say, is when it like
1: really yeah. took on like that prominent role. But you think back then as it, soon as you could start posting videos to Twitter is really when it took off. Like whenever whenever that technology became available. Like, yeah. And it's just funny to think about the contrast there. Cause
0: I remember that's not too long ago, you know? So it's, it's one of those things where it's just really interesting to look at, you know, back then we, we didn't know how they were going to be, um, as players, like you're like, I don't know if the catcher who I'm competing with this year, uh, got better than me this offseason. I know that I, I mean, that you definitely want to have the mentality to work and work and work and never leave any thought about that. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying like, the true reality of it was you know even our teammates like what if what if we just had some dude coming back throwing 90 you know what i'm saying so um now you know those things so the introductory phase it's just funny to take a step back and look at like the phases of the offseason the introductory phase is kind of like when you're seeing what you have and what it what it might be and you know uh, who came back and who didn't yada yada and then you have that phase where you're like okay what do we have to implement and what is what is our biggest weakness what do we have to like attack here identity wise in the offseason that is going to, you know, prepare us for whatever. And then you see all those things come you're in that phase now where you're kind of seeing all those things come to fruition, right? Where you're really like seeing more of the development. You still can't because of the whole four, 4 by 4 thing. You still can't do a whole lot from that perspective like other states might be able to do, right? But um, you, then you have the phase right now we're going through where it's like how is it going to translate? Like let's be honest, you more than likely have your teams picked out at home. Like where I don't think that's a secret, right? Like most like there's definitely like going to be spots open and trials will determine some things. But like a lot of people have like their boards scratched off and you know, all that because of the technology that they have. So it's this interesting phase now where you're like, Hey, we've done all the things we've done or we haven't. And you're hitting the panic button and you're just trying to see what's going to translate and what isn't. And it's just, it's, it's anticipation. It's, it's anxiousness. It's a lot of things. It's, it's a, it's a good phase. It's
1: funny. I think that even with the, uh, The advent of like the technology being able to just track your guys, regardless of if you're coaching them or not. I still love the the tryout surprise. You know, there's always a couple, right? Like, you know, we we have a senior at St. Mary's named Tommy Allman. He's committed to Jacksonville, a right-handed pitcher. Two years ago, this dude shows up to tryouts as a sophomore, and like had been a solid player on the on the the JV team the year before. Like, we were. Planning on him being on JV, like knew he could throw 80 miles an hour off the mound, had a good body, good athlete. Uh, and then he like blew an 86 at tryouts and we're sitting there like, well, how do you, how do we not take this guy on varsity? And then we did. And he uh, <clears throat> he got some innings for us that spring. Didn't didn't pitch a whole lot, but then was going to be counted on in 2020. And now obviously will be counted on in a big way this year and is committed D1. But like that was a dude we had no idea he was going to do that, even with watching twitter you know what i mean so so i love i'm very much looking forward to uh to that that that's one of my favorite parts of the year is that guy that goes that makes you go like oh you know like oh, oh hello like i like that for sure yeah
0: this is uh it's pretty interesting going into trials for me this year because you know obviously south has a lot of um participants right for tryouts and the the, the whole baseball program here is pretty large right so it's going to be interesting for me because i'm not going to know pretty much any of them right like i'm going to know maybe i'm trying to dive in with who to know as far as like the guys who have been coming in for four man's for you know like bullpens and and hitting and all that and um i'm getting to know those guys um but those guys are you know we're talking like maybe 10 to 15 kids i've gotten to meet over the past couple weeks and um your tryouts are like 200 kids, 150 kids, whatever it might be. Um, and just getting to know and getting to see all of that is going to be extremely, um, not, hopefully not overwhelming, but kind of sounds like it might be right. Um, but it's going to be interesting. It's going to be a good, good opportunity, good experience, um, to experience that first tryout. It's always fun when you're it's like your first year on staff experiencing that, that first shot. I remember my first one at Trenton. Uh, obviously that one was a little bit closer to home. So I was a little bit more, in tune there knowing like Todd for as long as I've known him and all that. And then at Wyandotte, um, you know, same thing, you get those like jitters, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Like you just get little exciting Mm -hmm. jitters, not like, not like nervousness or anxiousness. Like, it's like, you know, you've definitely been there before, but at a new place, um, get to see how things function, get to see the differences and how this tryouts ran to that tryout. And, you know, obviously like for me, my goal is to eventually, um, you know, be a head coach at a program. So, just to like pick and choose and learn from those things and understand that. uh, I think a lot of coaches can probably say this and I don't mean to harp too much in tangent about tryouts, but I'm sure a lot of coaches say this, like they're really a product of the coaches before them. Right. And then with a sprinkle of like their own flair, like their own flavor, you know? And um, that's what I'm trying to do uh, and trying to learn here, uh, you know, with tryouts and all that. So pretty, you know, just pretty excited, man. Just excited to be back out there. Obviously the pandemic helps too. So
1: Yeah. No doubt, dude. Like you know, like, obviously, folks know what I do for a living. Like what we do for a living. Like we haven't not been around baseball, you know. Like since the pandemic started. Yeah, it's not just all, I'm like a this, away from it. this is a little different. You know what I mean? Like this is a this is a little bit di- this this is where you got the skin in the game. You know. So it, it's uh I'm amped up for it, man. Those jitters, like you said, are. I, nerves like whatever I, I can call it nerves that's fine I'm I'm ready to go man like I feel like I'm 17 again about to play you know like I don't look like I'm 17 anymore but uh you know I feel that way <laughs> it's you know
0: it's one of those things where like look like you can like you said both are, both both of us are in this um business right the baseball side of things business side And there's people listening to this that I'm sure are too, or maybe people listening that want to get involved with it, or maybe kids listening who want to, you know, someday be involved with the business side of baseball, right? And what I can tell you is that coaching is bliss man it is like it is exactly where we found the love for this game and that gave us the passion that allows us to do the things we love you know for a living like we we're able to be involved in baseball as much as we are not only because we're, we're lucky to have lucky enough to have the opportunities we have and we've just had you know some good circumstances happen for us for sure but also like we have to have that passion right like that this job isn't there and we don't like earn these things without having like that initial passion and that passion was incepted and birthed through the game so when we get to coach like that's just that's pure enjoyment you know that's not work anymore that's pure enjoyment that's exactly what we want to do more than anything else because it's the game you know and it's it's what made us love it you know obviously playing is playing but i think anyone who coaches at, at for a long enough time and a high enough level ends up liking coaching more than playing more times than not maybe not all the time but more times than not
1: i think oh there's no doubt i'm with you 100 percent. yeah no it was a. Uh... Like I've said before, man, like when I was like 15 or 16 and knew I really wasn't all that good, it, it right right away like quickly transitioned into, all right, well, I want to coach for a living. Like I want to do this as my job or, or at the very least for the rest of my life. Um, and so then like it was coaching my brothers like 12U teams and stuff like that. That And now here we are, but there's no doubt it's it's a lifelong passion type of thing, and part of it's a, a lifelong passion for learning. Part of it's a lifelong passion for for leadership. You could say part of it's a lifelong passion just for baseball, obviously. But yeah, man, hundred percent with you. It's uh, it really gets the blood flowing, uh, and I'm excited for it.
0: And if we
1: have some.
0: Uh, I mean, the excitement around here is crazy and universal because of like the two year hiatus we've been on Mm. where we haven't been able to do anything it's just it's just so unheard of because i mean this whole thing is completely unheard of don't get me wrong but to sit here and put into perspective that it's been you know a year and some it's gonna not end up being two full years but a year and about 10 months without stepping on a diamond right that's just i mean not stepping on a diamond but stepping on a diamond in, in a high school uniform right playing
1: wearing the pants not shorts yeah yeah, yeah.
0: right wearing the pants that's i couldn't put it any better wearing the pants not the shorts and uh you know feeling the, the feeling the brisk air i mean shoot last year our first game it was 80 out and our last game it was mm. like 90 <laughs> you know like we we were <laughs> we were never disadvantaged whereas you know this year It's going to be a little breezy, but I think that it's going to feel good. I mean, I I can't wait for the cold weather bats, personally.
1: (laughs) I think that's a perfect segue for us to take care of our housekeeping stuff before we get to our interviews. Um, Obviously, folks, please follow us on social media, at ColdWeatherBats, cross-platform now between Twitter and Instagram. Um, We are selling hats with our partnership with Great Lakes Bat Company, they've uh, kind of designed and, and outfitted a, a custom cold-weather bats-themed uh, trucker cap, right? Like Snapback. Um, and, like, I, you know, that buy one. That's kind of all. You know, what you want me to sell you on a hat? It's dope. Buy one. <laughs> we are, like I said earlier, 13 days away from the first day of the season, which means we are 14 days away from another Cold Weather Bats episode. And on that episode, we will be unveiling the first super poll uh, of the year. Like we've talked about before, we want to get a you know representative sample of coaches from throughout the state, as well as Brandon and I's inputs uh, on doing a high school baseball poll in Michigan. No divisions, no classifications, just straight up. Here's the top twenty-five, or, or whatever. You know, we haven't really figured out what number we're going to get to, but let's just say twenty-five for for now. Um, Top 25 teams, we're planning on doing it every couple weeks uh, throughout the course of the season. We really haven't hammered out specifics of it other than what I just said. And either way, we think it's gonna be pretty cool. Uh, And then one final thing, if, as we've talked about before, the secret, apparently, via podcasting to get your name out, get your podcast out to, to more people, viewed more, et cetera, et cetera, As good as social media is and as good as listening is, uh, if you can rate and review the show on your podcasting platform, whether that's Apple or or Podbean or Spotify or whatever it is, if you can subscribe to the show, if you could rate the show, preferably five stars, but we're open to constructive criticism, as well as leave a review, that's uh, that's the best way for us to continue growing this and continue – building it and, and bringing you more and more stuff and, and maybe more than just like once a week in the future, bonus episodes, stuff like that. Like that, that's how we, we get to that point as a podcast. And, and we appreciate everybody who's listened and interacted with us on social media, but, uh, we're going to ask you to do one more thing. And if you can, like we said, man, like subscribe, rate, et cetera, et cetera, on your listening platform, that would be greatly appreciated. Um, Brandon, anything before we jump into the interviews? That was fantastic. Oh, buy
0: a hat. The hats are awesome. Uh, They are top-notch quality, and the gray wool on the front looks awesome. And we would really appreciate it because that would help us pay our amazing producer, James. And also, we can continue to grow the show. Um, We were advised by producer James, a.k.a. The Goat, to get these microphones, um, these microphones are expensive, like a hundred and fifty dollars. But apparently, it's going to make us sound awesome, um, more awesome than we already do, which is hard to imagine. But we'll see. Uh, and this would help us. So this isn't really about. I mean, it's not really about the money. So, um, but the, the the whole point is the hat's awesome. Like I'm going to buy some just so I have a hat. So that's
1: that's just me though. You do you. You do you. Fans appreciate you either way. I'm going to buy my girlfriend one as an anniversary gift. So I'm sure she'll appreciate that, right? You should put in a big like.
0: Replica imitation like ring case, you know, like the one oh, that you know like, no. <laughs> like,
1: like a Lexus sized box. Yeah.
0: <laughs> see it's cold weather bad hat.
1: Hashtag CWB. You love you always tell me how much you love the show. Like <laughs> she's not even in the room and I think I can feel her staring at me. So uh <laughs> All right, with that being said, we are going to jump into our interviews with uh, 2023 right-handed pitcher in Louisville commit Josh Klug and parental perspective with Joe Mooney. That's up next.
0: Welcome into Cold Weather Bats. Uh, Today we are joined by Josh Klug, right-handed pitcher out of Traverse City, committed to Louisville. I was instructed to specifically say it with that cadence. Josh, how you doing, dude? Uh, I'm doing good. I'm
1: doing good. How are all of you guys?
0: Oh, we're fantastic. Um, down here in down here yeah. in Detroit, fantastic. Except for Brian. Brian's a new Cleveland resident. We'll get to that.
1: Brian's an Ohioan. Yeah. Newly
0: minted. So uh Josh, a lot of exciting things happening for you, man. Uh quite obviously we will get the elephant out of the room here and talk about uh Louisville and that process and uh what you're excited about with uh being a Cardinal.
2: Uh yeah, man. So um my uh recruiting uh situation uh i uh put a video out on twitter of me hitting 90 i think and i threw my curveball and splitter they were feeling sharp that day and i got a phone call well we set up a phone call with uh, louisville coach schneider and we talked talked about the school talked about the campus um then I went to a, a small college showcase down in Grand Rapids at Diamonds. Topped at 91. Curveball was looking good. Splitter felt nice. And uh, then I went on a visit down to Louisville. And, man, the campus is beautiful. Uh, speechless, honestly. And uh, when they would watch a scrimmage, yeah, it, it was... It's amazing.
1: Josh, did you uh it, it's unique, man, given the last year or so of like the world with the pandemic with COVID, with recruiting being weird like is that kind of just how it went for you? You know, it was like and, and obviously you're committed to Louisville, but anybody you had interest in or anybody who was interested in you was it pretty much just like posting videos on social media and that's how it happened? Uh yeah, that is
2: all virtual they have never seen me in person. Uh, it was just that video on Twitter and then that showcase, we got some videos and that's how it all happened.
1: That's so, uh, <laughs> what were you going to say, Brian? I was just going to say, that's so wild to even think about even still, <laughs> that's all, go ahead.
0: <laughs> so do you think that, um, well, what I, I guess what I should ask is, is there any plan for you to go down south this summer to make it easier for Louisville to see, or are you fully expecting them to come up here and watch you? Um, I don't really know. Well, technically, they can't do that right now anyway, so I guess that's not, not kind of extremely yeah. contingent. So, see, the more, mm-hmm. the more 2021 we talk, the more 2021 it gets. Um, so take us through a little bit of your origins. Uh, talk about what got you into baseball originally and when you kind of knew, okay, like this is going to be – A really real thing for me long term not just through high school and amateur
2: um well i started t-ball obviously t-ball had to kick it off strong but uh (laughs) but um when i first started getting serious i think it was like 12 you i was like man i really like this this is awesome i want to do this like full time like go do something big, be successful. That's when I, like, started playing for Diamonds. And, yeah, I think that's when I really, like, tried my best to be a better ball player, be the best on the field and off the field.
1: Josh, you are Traverse City Central. And, weirdly enough, uh, to our listeners, who I'm sure know already, there is a fellow Louisville commit across town at Traverse City West, who is a year older than you and Wyatt Danilowitz or Danilowitz, I, I don't know how to say it. I'm sorry, Wyatt. Um, but anyway, I, I, my question is like, do you know him? Are you guys friends? Have you become friends since you're both committed to Louisville out of a, a small Northwest Michigan town like did you talk to him before you committed there? you know like I, ju- I just have these questions about uh, the dynamic of, of two guys from rival high schools in Traverse City committing to Louisville. I just think that's such a cool story. Uh,
2: yeah yeah actually he's my uh, best friend and oh awesome and yeah we've been close for a while. And uh, he actually really motivated me to get better and commit, man. Like, I don't know, he he was there. I talked to him a lot about it. And, yeah, he was definitely a part of that experience for sure.
1: So, as Brandon and I are both um, Southeast Michigan guys, Detroit area guys, who, like, my knowledge of Traverse City is, like, I like going there to golf and then, you know, snowboard. That's kind of all I know. Um, can you like, is the rivalry between central and West? Like, is it a heavy rivalry? Like, do you guys hate each other? Is it, you know, is it a bloodbath every spring when you play? Like, explain it to us. Cause we, we don't know. Um,
2: man, I know that like from my brothers playing, uh, is it definitely, it's, it's a big rivalry. It's, it's, it's massive for football, for all the sports and it's, it's a big rivalry for the schools and the town. City. yeah
0: what have i mean obviously you haven't played in the game yet um but what about that rivalry are you anticipating this year you may be looking forward to an opportunity for you and Wyatt to kind of duke it out and uh where you guys are both on the bump for a game or you know what are kind of your expectations going into the spring for that rivalry
2: uh i just want to pitch against Wyatt. i uh it's been has been a dream of both of ours just to pitch against each other with the pitching duel and that's all I want, really. Well, speaking
0: of which, you know, take us through kind of like what your arsenal is like on the bump. So let's say, let's say, you know, big moment, huge moment. You're, you're throwing in the game against, you know, Wyatt. What are you going to bring on the bump from an Arsenal standpoint? Meaning, what are you going to bring with your fastball, your off speed, and uh, what's going to be your breakaway pitch?
2: Um, I'm just going to go at him with my fastball. And then with the, with the better hitters that i know i'll definitely put in the curveball because that that's my that's my favorite pitch it's definitely the curveball but uh, i'm just gonna go at him with the fastball get some fly balls get some ground balls
0: so speaking of your fastball uh obviously like you've had some some gains there this off season so talk about mm-hmm. what's gone into that and you know really. All the things that you've done this winter to see the gains that you've been able to, to, to see. And obviously what's led you, I mean, like you you just mentioned it with the video, obviously that led you to getting that interest from Louisville and eventually committing there and all of that. So just talk about your journey through the winter and how you've made these gains.
2: Uh, yeah, I i was on a 12-week drive program with Wyatt and we both skyrocketed with numbers. I mean, we're both like low 90s now at sitting on the bump. I think we're both we uh, yeah it was just the program um, that's really helped me uh, getting stronger for sure that um, was a big factor and mobility and stretching It's different different from last year for me
1: so who's going to win right now tell us man I don't know it's, it's, <laughs> it's going to be a good
2: game <laughs> Can't wait for it, though. Do you know what date you guys played? You got that circled? Uh, We don't know yet. I don't don't think, no. But uh, when I find out, I'm definitely going to have that on my calendar. (laughs) So let's say, are you going to treat the day you guys play
0: each other kind of like a wedding day? Like you guys aren't going to talk that day until the game's over or what?
2: (laughs) Yeah, for sure. I'm not going to talk to him at all until the game's over. Depending on who
1: wins. <laughs> if you win, you can talk all the shit in the world, but if you lose, you got to give, a, he's got to give you a week break.
0: Well, Josh, Hey man, uh, let's talk about one more thing here before we wrap up. All right. I mean, obviously we talked about this before the show. We're just trying to shine a light on a lot of things with amateur baseball. Uh, let's say somebody your age or younger or maybe even older uh, is listening and maybe they're like that one video away from getting, you know, looked at by the school of their dreams, right? What's, what's some advice you would give to a listener out there um, with that same goal in mind?
2: Oh man, uh, just, just work hard, be yourself. And I, I don't even, it's just a lot of hard work and focus and discipline. Um just gotta show yeah. up and bash heads it's kind of
0: like the attitude you were you got in the mound like you kind of just you're just speaking of which this is kind of how we should end it i guess i mean i've seen you on the mound it's kind of scary mm-hmm. it's um it's like a full-on stare down right like you're extremely um strategic i think like not in how not in, in completely like how you how what, what pitch you're going to go to just like mentally you know like there's a lot of intimidation factor i think for you and i think you know that and i think you're really good at it and i think that's why you've been so successful um and it's fun man it's super fun to watch you pitch
2: thank you yeah I, i've uh, that first uh that was my first game that i pitched before i think against you guys that was my first pitching outing that season
0: and, yeah for context for those at home Clug's uh, responsible for winning a ship against my team, so you know, shots out to him. That was a great game. <laughs> mowed us right down. I don't think we touched the ball. That I think you came in and closed it. uh in a, it was like a five-three game or something like that. And we didn't. You know, we weren't touching yeah. it. Extremely good design by your staff because there was like a what, what do you think? Like a 15 to 16 mile an hour, like VLO increase in between like the guy, with, like the two guys before you. And then you came in and just chalked and like, there was no chance we were going to be able to adjust to that. Or at least there wasn't in that moment.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. well That was, that was an awesome game. That was super fun.
1: Yeah. That was, that was incredible. So that's good. You needed humbling, Brandon. I'm glad, I'm glad you guys lost. You needed humbling. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, really bad. <laughs> I took it hard that game for sure.
0: Uh, so anyway, um, Josh, we really appreciate you coming on, and uh, obviously, like, looking forward to seeing you out this summer. Um, ho- hoping that you are pitching the game before you play us this summer personally. Um, but in the event that you are out there, I am excited to see, um, you know what you what you can do, and uh, the competition is always extremely fun between our teams. And I think, um, from the standpoint, of, like I said, it's just fun to watch you pitch. So looking forward to seeing you this summer. Uh, If there's any way I can get to Traverse City in the springtime, that would be great, too. I don't foresee it happening, but I do love some TC in the spring and summer. So uh, we look forward to seeing you out there, man. Good luck with everything. Thank you for coming on and taking the time. We really appreciate it.
2: Yeah, man. Thank you for having me. I really, it's it's awesome, man. I love the cold Weather badge.
1: I listen to it every day. Thanks, Josh. (laughs) Good luck this spring, man. Thank you. Thank you. Before I send you guys home,
0: I gotta talk to you one more time about Great Lakes Bat Company. These guys know what they're doing. They know what they're doing when it comes to the materials, the bats, the uniforms, the batting gloves, the custom bats, whatever it is. But really what they know is how to communicate. They know customer service. They know realistic turnaround times. They don't lie to you, folks. They get it to you when they get it to you, and they know when that's going to be, and they are very transparent about the process. But more times than not, you get your products even before that, and it's awesome. I highly recommend Great Lakes Bat Company. Find them online at greatlakesbatco.com.
1: Interview number two here at Cold Weather Bats, brand new episode. We're all excited to be here. We are joined by our first parental perspective with Joe Mooney segment, Uh, something that we plan to do more than once because we think Joe has good perspective as a parent, as you may have guessed by the segment title. But anyway, Joe, thanks for joining the show, man. Welcome aboard.
3: Oh, thanks, Brian. I appreciate it, and uh, thanks, Brandon. You know, I'm not sure if I have good perspective. Uh, I, I know I'm not sure; it's questionable on the parental skills, but I definitely have perspective here. So, uh, thanks for having me on.
1: Well, that's where that's where Jen comes in. Yeah, the parenting stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> no doubt, way way better parent than I. Uh, definitely the one of reason. Uh, someone who basically had to calm everything down in the Mooney household. There's no doubt about that. I, I will. I will easily give her the the credit on that.
1: <laughs> uh, so, all right, man. For for those who don't know Joe Mooney, can you kind of give us a little bit of a of an origin story in baseball? A little bit of background. We know you've been with the Hit Dogs. We know you've coached. We know you played. We know you have some pretty good players as kids. But if you can kind of give our listeners that uh, that backstory, we'd appreciate it.
3: Yeah, my pleasure. Um, so yeah, I, I grew up in Michigan and, uh, went to the university of Michigan. Um, I would like to say I was on the team, uh, have a few at bats. Um, uh, my kids always make fun of my, my statistics, but you know, wasn't, uh, one of the best players, uh, by any means like, uh, uh, so I don't claim to be like someone that was, uh, was really great, but I did believe that, uh, I, I, uh, you know, love baseball and, uh, after Michigan, and having some kids, it was interesting. I, my, my, my first son, Jack, I have three boys, Jack, Alex, and Ryan jar. Um, you should remember. And, and, uh, you know, when they, they would become in T ball, you know, they would say, you know, they'd come home and they go, my coach told me to do this. And I'm like, Oh man, you know, you're, you're as a parent, you're trying to like, you know, make sure that you support the coach. And I think that's one of the most, that's the critical thing. And one of the cornerstones is that the coach is always right. And so if the coach is always right, I wanted to be the coach that was right. Right. And so uh, mm-hmm. I decided to coach my kids and, uh, you know, got with uh, Tony and Scott Leonard and, and John Salter. And we kind of brought that team together, that those two groups together. And and uh, we built a facility there in Rochester Hills and, you know, did a uh, had a lit, one of the most that was probably one of the, the first indoor facilities for a uh, a, a youth team. And, uh, you know, just had a chance for the cold weather bats people to actually go during the cold weather times. And so, uh, you know, I did that and uh, coached the hit dogs, uh, had a, a really, really successful run there and had some great kids. And more importantly, uh, had some great parents as well. And, uh, you know, we, we had a, a team that was, uh, you know, had kids that were you know, Alex is, is going to Duke and we had, uh, make going to Vanderbilt save Warren Campbell going to Stanford, Luke Lido going to LSU, uh, Trey Lipsy going to Ohio state and, uh, Logan Wooding, Jack Crichton going to Michigan. So really, really, I mean, just some great teams and some great kids, but more importantly, the cornerstone was the, the parental invol- involvement, just absolutely fabulous parents. And, um, you know, we kind of kept that team together and it was fun. And, and then I, uh, I, stepped away once i kind of threw up on the kids for about four years um i decided to not coach anymore and let the, let other people let the experts kind of take over uh on my older kids and brandon you were one of the experts that i let ryan uh, uh be a part of and uh and and alex was part of a couple different teams and and uh, uh most recently the canes national team which was a really great experience for us as well but you know, I, I think uh, it was a fun, fun run, and uh, one that I, I absolutely loved. And I would, I probably wouldn't change a lot. There's some things I kind of look at and go, "Gosh, that was kind of stupid." Uh, I made a lot of mistakes, but at the same time, I also kind of go, "That's what parents do." I mean, there's no textbook to it, and uh, parents and coaches don't have all the right answers uh, all the time. And so, you just try to do your best. And so, it was fun. It was a great time. And I think there's really two like roles with me. One was you know, me as a coach, uh, and then me uh, as a parent. And so those are the two phases that, uh, that we did. So really great, great time.
1: If you were to write a handbook for parents on, hey, you know, this is how you be a, a standout parent of a baseball player, you know, what is chapter one saying? <laughs> so it, it's interesting you
3: asked that question. I kind of pulled out my there's a speech that I give and it's usually two weeks into it, but I give a speech and it's called the orphan speech. And the orphan speech is um, the only players that I'll ever coach are orphans. Uh, parents are, uh, are not there. And, and it was taken from Mike Matheny who was a, a teammate of mine and now the uh, current uh, manager of the Kansas city Royals. He wrote, wrote a book called the Matheny manifesto. And if parents are out there, especially younger ones, obviously, you know, the older ones, you know, it, the kids are already developed at that at some point, but the younger ones, I I highly recommend you read this book and and coaches read this book called the Bethany manifesto. And, you know, I, I believe that parents role is to encourage and set a good example. That's it, right. Encourage the kids and set a good example. I mean, there's enough pressure on the kids and trust me, for those of you that know me, I will tell you that I put enough pressure on these kids. Trust me on that. I was, I was, probably a little crazy at times. And I look back on it and kind of go, gosh, that was kind of, that was kind of nutty. But, uh, at the same time, um, I think I put enough pressure on these kids and so they can respond. And I think they're responding now. They, uh, they like that pressure. They, 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 they feel comfortable being uncomfortable. But, um, you know, I think that the greatest thing that you could ever have is, is having a, a parent coach. Um, you know, people always go, well, you know, he's a daddy ball or you hear like, Oh, he's, he's the coach of the kids. And he's got a kid in the team. But I got to tell you, I mean, dads have a vested interest in the kids. Dads have a vested interest in the, in the, in the players. And one of the biggest things when we we moved on from like at 14 years old with Alex's team, they said, uh, "Boy, we, we love these coaches. They're great, but they really don't have a vested interest in the kids. They're you know they're they're kind of paid employees." And so, um, you know, I look at that and I kind of go, "The daddy coaches are kind of underrated, right?" Um, you know they uh, they have a vested interest, and I think that that's that's more important. So when I look at like these kids, and, and it's interesting is like there's a story here. Uh, as I talk about this orphan letter, and I sit the parents down and say, look, this is the deal. There are no bars on the window, none whatsoever. You can leave whenever you want, right? You are trusting me with your kids, so let me do my thing. I'm not taking a penny from you, and so I'm not an employee of yours, but you have to trust what I'm trying to do. And um, at the very beginning, Alex, uh, he hit eighth or ninth. I think it was like eighth or ninth on the team uh, when we began with, and he was absolutely irate. Like, he'd get in the car and I'm like, Dad, I went like 4-4. Four, four. I'm hitting eight. This is like – and I go, hey, man, here is the deal, Alex. You have to be two times, and you could ask him this, you have to be two times better than everyone else in the team, or at least perception of two times better before I can actually make you hit in the one or two or three spot, right? I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that as a parent. You have to make it so obvious that everyone says, oh, my gosh, this kid should be hit. Well, I I can remember the parent that came to me and said, look, man, I know what you're doing. I, I can appreciate what you're doing for Alex, but he needs to move up in the, in the order. So the parents kind of came to me and said, it's time for him to move up in the order. So, you know, when you get that, that's the ultimate compliment. Um, and with Ryan, I let the assistant coaches do the lineup. So it was like, I could blame them all the time. I'm like, Hey, you, you, you did the lineup. I when the parents would come to me and complain about the lineup, I would basically said, well, you know, I didn't do the lineup. So, um, you know, I think that, you know, my orphan speech is that I only coach orphans was like really, really important and I think that, you know, having that that perception that there's no bars in the windows, you're not in prison, you're not, you don't have to be here, um, was important. And, and um, I also felt like we could have as many kids as we possibly have. I mean, during the trial, you have like 150 kids come out your tryout. It makes it a little bit easier to say that, right? I mean, but um, I, I think that it's important that I don't come into their their place of business. I don't come into their work and say, hey, man, you know, I'm going to tell you how to do your job. Conversely, I feel that that's important for me too. They don't come into to to, uh, to our practices, and and I don't think that they they tell me what to do. So there is an interesting thing, Brian, in in brain that I used to do, um, which was awesome. And 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 uh, around ten or eleven years old, I would have a practice, and I would just feed fastballs like in the machines, and I'd have like two machines set up, and all we do is like feed right down the pipe fastballs. And these kids would hit fastballs all day long at practice. And then about 20 minutes left in the practice, I'd go get the parents and I'd say, hey, you know, any parents want to want to come in? Let's have a competition. Who wants to have a competition? Every single practice I had, you can ask any of the kids that I've coached. I had a I had a competition at the end. I would bring candy or some kind of prize or baseball cards or something. And we'd have a prize at the end of it. And we'd make it competitive and it would get tense. I mean, 10, 11 year old kids, believe it or not, it would still get kind of intense. But these parents, what we would do is we would have this practice or have this competition. I'd say, okay, it's parents versus the kids and hitting. Uh, uh, and I would be the judge of the umpire on if it's a hit or not. And the parents would like there's some parents have a look at this like fear on their face, right? Like, wow, I got to get in the cage and actually hit a ball. And there's other ones that are like peeling off their clothes and like, let's go. I can't wait to win, right? Well, the interesting thing is, is that all the years I've ever did it, uh, there's never been one time that the parents won. The kids won every single time. The parents, some of them look silly. And the reason I did that is I kind of said, look, there's going to be times that your kid's going to fail. He's going to go for four. He's going to drop a ball. He's going to, he's not going to make the play. And I want you to remember this time because it's important that you remember this time that baseball is a game of failure and that not every time you know he's going to do great and so little Johnny is going to we're going to train him to do as best he possibly can but i want you to remember this and so it was always a good good lesson for people to kind of say cuz it's hard i mean if you haven't hit a baseball in 10 15 years and you're a parent and you're trying to you know hit a baseball out of, out of a machine it ain't easy and so uh, that was uh, that was always a fun little exercise we did every year and and tried to make the uh, the kids and the parents and the kids would, you know, kind of have an opportunity to kind of compete against their their, their mom and dad. And I thought that was uh kind of an equalizing opportunity.
0: So I know you talked about a lot of things involving uh, the perspective of being a parent of this game and watching from the stands. And you even sprinkled a little bit about uh, being the parent who's coaching with the lineup and all of that. But. Talk about, and I, and I like, I really, I really like what you said about daddy ball, especially at a younger age. And, you know, I can relate because right now I'm, like in charge of these youth teams in Grosse and it's pretty much all, ha- it all has to be daddy ball. There's nobody dedicated enough to yeah. coach that youth level without some sort of compensation that is just beyond what, um, you know, we can justify for, right? So uh, it has to be daddy ball. And there's going to be daddy ball teams where you get somebody that's extremely dedicated and is willing to educate themselves. And there's going to be the daddy ball where there's people who, um, you know, aren't willing to take that extra a mile for for whichever reason, whether it's good or bad, right? So, from your perspective, you know, talk about um, quite literally being that being a quote unquote daddy ball coach. Uh, things that worked not just for you, but things that worked for you and for others that were around at that time, or even since then, and then things that maybe didn't work that you tried that uh, felt like a good good thing at the time that maybe you wouldn't do again now.
3: Yeah, I think that first of all most importantly, uh, I think that you have to investigate the coach and it's not a matter of, uh, you know, I mean, I think that daddy ball coaches are, are, are great. And again, they're a necessary part of baseball. And and I grew up Jim Becker, like he was the coach of mine and, and his, his son, John Becker was, uh, was on the team as well. And I can remember how I felt, how Jim Becker made me feel. And I I played for Earl Kime Realty in in third grade. And I can tell you I wore jeans and a pair of cleats. But, I mean, this is when you were, like, playing in rough skins, right? You guys are too young for rough skins. But you're in (laughs) jeans and, like, a T-shirt, right? And then all they give you for your uniform was a a T-shirt and a hat, right? And the interesting thing is is that I remember, like, how he made me feel. And he made me feel good. He made me feel part of a team. And so I look at it, and I kind of go, okay – investigate the coach is he a good you know if he's a good guy and he like you know someone or or, or gal if he's a if he's a, a a mom and i think that's that's great too right whoever's going to get involved in this is is awesome right they're volunteering their time and so i look at it and I say okay does your kid play the same position uh, as the, the coach's kid but does the kid does the, does the coach basically treat everyone the same um I think one of the greatest compliments I ever got was this guy from this Indiana team. And he said uh, to me, he's like, Hey, who, uh, I, I really want to talk to you about your shortstop or he was also playing first base. Uh, and, and he said, uh, boy, I'd really like to have him come and can you direct me to the parents uh, of that kid? And I go, well, that's my kid. He's like, Oh, no way. And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I said, that's, that was an ultimate compliment to me that he didn't even know my son played on the team. And I'm like, that's awesome. Right. And so, you know, I look at it and say, you know, I look, I, I want to make sure that number one, does the coach know what he's talking about? Again, there's no bars in the window. Do you trust that person? And to this day, I believe the same thing. I, if it's St. Mary's and Matt Petrie or the Canes and Jeff Petty, do you trust them? And if you do, and that, that's your job to actually investigate this a little bit, then let him do his thing and let him coach the team. And, and he's going to make mistakes or she's going to make mistakes. and And that's perfectly fine. So. Um, I've made more mistakes than you possibly could imagine. I was way too intense at a young age, um, uh, especially with my my younger son or my older sons, where I didn't really get to know this a little bit more. but I, I, I kept going back to the the fact of how do they how do these kids feel, right? and and I, I'm the most proud of the fact that these nine year old kids, I'm probably like best friends on Snapchat with like, half of them for my nine-year-old baseball team, right? That's kind of cool that I keep talking to them and I've been to their graduations. I've been to their graduation parties. And I've, I've been to their when one of them, um, uh, Matthew Stewart, who is one of my all-time favorite, uh, uh, young men, he, uh, was at a talent show at his, at his, his, his middle school. And I, I went to his talent show competition and that's kind of cool. You're part of their lives. Right. And so that I think is the most, important thing it's like are they all going to become major leaguers probably not right are they all going to become college players i mean we're very fortunate but probably not and so what you want them to do is just be you know good good contributors to society and, and i think that's the most important thing and i say that now but at, you know my mistakes in the past were kind of like i was pretty intense i was i was like we wanted to win we were uh we were a competitive group and um I, I don't apologize ever for being competitive because I think that's what made the kids better. Um, but also I think it's like, you know, you got to remember, man, it's 10 year old baseball. So that's probably what uh, my, my two things that I probably uh, uh, improve a little bit more on.
1: Let's fast forward from 10 u to 17 u. Uh, obviously this past summer, Alex played with Canes national, um, maybe the most well-known and famous and visible national level travel team that exists currently uh, I'm sure some others would debate me on that but we'll roll with that for now um can you kind of give uh, give our listeners who maybe don't have that experience or perspective on what that like national level travel team life is like if you can kind of give us that backstory I think that'd be cool yeah it's it's totally
3: different than what people are are used to um there's like no dads they're all paid coaches it's uh it's kind of like a college program at its best, you know? So the individual that called us um, there's, there's two brothers, the petty brothers um, and uh, Jeff was uh, Alex's most recent coach. And um, uh, with the Canes, you know, they called me up and said, look, you know, we really want Alex to play on this team. And he played on the Canes, a couple, you know, pickup tournaments as a 50 year old, he played his entire 16 year old, but the 17 u team is kind of like the, the flagship program and, and Brian, you know, it from a perfect game perspective. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a pretty competitive group. And, you know, Jeff Petty has, has coached 21st round draft picks, like 20, like not 20 draft picks, 21st round draft picks. Right. And so I'm trying to look at that and I, when he calls up and you're like, look, here's the deal. We, we really like Alex to play, but uh, at the same time, we've got a couple other infielders and he's going to have to like, you know, battle it out for time. And there's no promises here. And I can't tell you where he's going to be in the order. And I can't, you know, I can't make any promises to you. And, and I'm like, and and here's the thing, he's a paid coach and he wants to win. I mean, that guy is the most competitive guy. I I think I've ever met in youth baseball, super competitive. And if you've ever seen him on the field, you'll understand, but he's, he's super competitive, but I was okay with him being able to compete because I wanted Alex to be part of something that was, was really good. And was really, you know, competitive and something that, you know, they could actually compete. I mean, he has. I mean, we have like that. Out of that team, the number seven, number eight kids, and number nine kids that hit on the team. I mean, these are potential first seventy-five picks in the draft, right? They're still getting conversations as, you know, top high school players. And so, you know, when you get that kind of talk with those kind of kids, you, and I think, it's just going to raise your raise your game. So. I want my kids always to be iron sharpens iron. I want them to be around the best. I think that that's how you get to be really good is to being around the best. But it came back to me that, do you trust the coach? Do you trust that guy to actually, you know, teach your kid? And by the time you're 17, look, I'm not looking for him to actually teach him on a cutoff or, or how to actually have his footwork on, you know, on a, on a cutoff from, from, you know, right field, to third base, right? I'm not, I'm not looking for him to actually teach him that much on the fundamental side, but do you trust him to do all the right things? Do you trust him to get a good group of kids that are well-behaved kids that have, you know, you know, really, really same aspirations. And here's the great thing about Jeff Petty. If I, he walked on the street, I probably wouldn't even recognize him. Like I gave Alex and then said, Hey man, go play. And then I would sit in right field. And so I let him coach the entire time. And it's the same thing with St. Mary's. Um, uh, you know, I, I let, let the coaches coach. And so I think that's an important, as you get older, you know, your say in things is like minimal. And so, um, I think that you really have to have that trust factor where you trust that person that they're going to do the thing, the right thing. And here's the thing, like if, if Alex was hitting seventh on that team, you know, he didn't, but, if he was sitting seventh, I mean, and he's like complaining about it. I'd say one thing, get better, get better, right. Work harder. No one cares. Get better. And that's not mean it's just, that's how Jeff Petty wants to win games. He's going to put the best team in the best lineup, the best possible way for him to actually win on the field. And if that means that, yeah, you, know, you know your son's not going to play in the position that they think they are or not in the, the position on the, uh, uh on the, uh, lineup, that they are, well, then it is what it is, then get better. Right. And so they want to win. So it's a totally different, it's, it's like a college atmosphere. Um, excuse me. It's a truly a college atmosphere. So from that aspect, I kind of really enjoyed it. You know, they have a bus, they have people doing their laundry, they have, you know, hotel rooms. They, they, you know, they, I didn't have to, I didn't have to be there for me as a parent. It was awesome because I like I basically got to sleep in and just kind of like go up to the game and say, you know, sit out in right field, just be a spectator. So if you trust the coach, it's a really fun atmosphere.
1: Right. before Before we wrap up here on our first parental perspective segment, again, we are joined by Joe Mooney. Uh, Joe, can you just if there's like some last thoughts that you have, whether it's addressing us, whether it's addressing parents out there listening, addressing players, coaches, whoever it is, um, your parting thoughts? Well, I mean, I think it's it's important that you know a lot of the people that are probably watching this are
3: are more older uh, kids that have that are in high school. I mean, we did you guys did the draft and you did the uh, the high school teams, and so I think it's a little bit older, but. You know, from the younger ones, it's kind of like enjoy the process. Just enjoy the opportunity to be able to see your son compete and to be able to get better. I think the most important coach is your 9-, 10-, and 11-year-old coach. If they're teaching great fundamentals, they're teaching the right way. And, like, there's one thing about that team, like, they all worked hard. You know, they all, like, every single one of them, like, did the right things. They, they played it the right way. You know, and I think that there's no one that's going to say on that team, that there's a kid that's lazy on that team. No way, uh, on those teams. So the nine, 10 and 11, I think the fundamentals are really important. And then as you get older and and you're picking a high school, and again, some people are going to, you know, go to their local high schools. Um, but some have the opportunity to, you know, go to a a, a private school and and go to a, a Catholic school or what have you. Um, I think that those things that you have to trust the coach that basically are there. I mean, I think Matt Petrie is one of the hardest working coaches in high school baseball. This is, you know, not a plug for Matt, you know, I mean, and in, in, uh, no shout outs, Matt, no free shout outs, but I will tell you that Matt is like, he works hard. This guy like loves high school baseball. He loves St. Mary's. And so, and again, my older son, Jack, um, he accepted a role on that team different than Alex and different than Ryan. Matt understands how to actually, you know, take those kids and put them in the role. So I trust Matt. And I know he's going to make mistakes. Right. I mean, and, you know, I'd be lying to if I didn't say, why did he just bunt on that? That's stupid. Right. But I'm not like telling every single parent that and I'm not being a fence cancer at all. I trust Matt for what he does. And I trust him in the offseason to work hard. And so as you go to high school and as you pick a college, um, I think that you have to be able to have that trust factor that the person that you're going to have your son play for. Is someone that you really admire, that you you like, and that you your kids want to uh, want to play for. And so, having that trust and understanding those roles in the team, I'm a big team guy, uh, is important.
1: And just for the record, I too have questioned Matt Petrie Bunts during games. Um, uh, but- there's no <laughs> doubt about it. And
3: I, I, I've questioned. Uh, uh, there was a there was a game against UAD that uh, someone got a little bit like excited after the game. I don't know who that was, but uh, who was that? Yeah, they what? were. I was. I was in my car because it was a cold day, and I could still hear the uh, uh, the vocalization from that coach. Uh, you know, making <laughs> sure that he got his point across to the team.
1: Oh man, I feel so bad about that. Still, <laughs> some of, some of us are more soft spoken I, than I, others. I think
3: I, I think it was needed my friend it was
1: anyway. <laughs> I don't ever want to be that guy um, but <laughs> but anyways thanks for thanks for coming on with us Joe great stuff man um I will see you in what two three weeks we're getting ready to go man
3: yeah and uh, as as normal I will not talk to you from March until June so it's been uh, nice talking to you so we uh, we can
1: like we can <laughs> like we can bro nod at each other, like across the fence, like no problem. We have, yeah, yeah.
3: we've given a fist pump before, maybe a, yeah. a wave, but yeah, uh, typically it's not a, not a lot of conversation during the time. <laughs> Brandon, you saw it with Ryan, right? I mean, I would, I would sit out there and not say a word. So, uh, I think it's, uh, uh I'm, I'm trying to live my life the way I wanted other parents to live their lives in terms of, uh, the baseball team. So it's all good, yeah. man. It's all good. Absolutely. It's, it's such a great experience. <laughs>
1: Joe, thanks again, man. We'll talk to you soon.
3: Thanks, Joe. You got it, bud. Take care. Enjoy what you guys are doing. Thanks so much
1: for having me on. Woo! And that'll that'll wrap it up for Cold Weather Bats episode 12. Two pretty good interviews. You got to listen to Brandon and I talk at each other earlier. I'm sure that was nice for everybody. Uh, Really loved uh, chatting with Josh Klug and, and... Kind of getting insight into that that Traverse City baseball scene that we just don't have any experience with, and it is it is a pretty unique thing to have two guys from Traverse City who go to different high schools, you know. Don't let, let's not forget that uh, both commit to Louisville almost sight unseen, given the timelines of it. That's a that's a pretty cool story that uh, that I'll be interested in following through their college careers without any doubt. Uh, and then a great great conversation with Joe Mooney as we expected it to be. Um, Joe is a, Joe's a fantastic guy. He's a he's a Michigan baseball is icon the right word? I don't want to give him an ego. Uh, he, he's a well known name in in the Michigan amateur baseball scene. Let's put it that way. Um, and, and that was a good talk as far as like you know coaching young kids and, and then being a parent of young kids and and trusting the coaches and, and finding a coach that you trust. And th- he was he was right on right on as far as. Emphasizing just how important the trust factor is. And I know that both Brandon and I definitely agree with that. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, again, man, here we are. We are 13 days out. I am jacked up about it. I know Brandon and I talked about it earlier in the show. Brandon, would you like to reiterate for the folks at home just how jacked up we are about it?
0: We are absolutely, positively jacked up about it.
1: Hmm. March twenty second. Here we go. Lace them up. We're gonna go get it. <laughs> Very excited. Obviously, we don't need to harp on that too much anymore. We've probably said it too much. Um, but yeah, folks, just to, build just a couple wrap.
0: Episodes before then too. So we got to say we got to save some of our uh, some of our anxiousness. Oh, dude, you know what I just thought about? This show is gonna be so fun during the season. Like us going back and forth. I know. I mean, I, heaven for heaven forbid something happens to where there's like a an upset or something. I would not want to see you in that mood, to be honest, not to, not to put, <laughs> Dude, not, it's to put like, not to put that weight on you or anything, but a, 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 I mean, a like, sad sack. I don't know how that would be.
1: Teams lose games, man. Like, you know, like one I mean, loss has never happen, like but. sent me over the edge. Yeah. Like the only time I've ever been sent over the edge, as we've talked about on seemingly every show, uh, was <laughs> really a couple yeah, years ago. A lot. Joe, Joe may have mentioned it. Matt may have mentioned it. Um, You know, I I think Alex mentioned it, Uh, you know, I coach Sack lost his temper and that's okay. Um, I apologize the next day and I still feel bad about it. Uh, But anyways, I I don't, you know, my thing is like, as long as we didn't lose for like our own stupidity, you know, like, and that's what we were doing a lot in the early part of 2019 is we were losing out of our own stupidity. Uh, but as long as we don't do that and we're playing hard and, and we're playing the right way and, and, um, you know, losses happen, bro. Just, uh, just got to keep growing from them and keep getting better. But you are right to say that this show during the season is going to be awesome. Just like, as far as like having more to talk about, you know, we can talk about what teams did the week prior. We can talk about the super bowl that we're going to do. We can bring on coaches of teams who had upset wins and bring on coaches of teams who are on winning streaks and uh, bring on players who are, who are off to good starts and having good seasons. And the the options are really limitless. And and I think we'll probably end up doing longer shows as it goes on into the spring, just because there will be so much more to talk about.
0: Yeah, man. And I'm looking forward to it. And uh, like you said, it is right around the corner. We are, we are almost there. You're almost there, guys! Please do us a favor. Follow us on Twitter, Cold Weather Bats. Instagram, Cold Weather Bats. Buy a hat, please. Buy a hat. Those are
1: awesome hats. Buy a hat. Yeah, buy, buy a hat. Yeah.
0: Uh, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram, Cold Weather Bats. Please let us know if you're a coach. What your email is, so we can be sure that your uh, your poll is considered for the Super Poll and uh, attributed to that uh, that whole process. We're very excited to unveil that. Uh, very excited to see the feedback on that i know that there will be positive i know that there will be negative but i think it's a great opportunity for michigan to have a true scale of its teams guys i know that there's been rankings that have been like created before for certain leagues and all that where it's just like nonsense and it's just somebody like placing the teams together based on game changer and all that like we're we're gonna try our very very best to be much more than that and A lot of that is contingent upon our own work, sure, but it's also pretty contingent upon the amount of votes that we get in from coaches, right? Because that gives us a better idea. Like if if X, Y, and Z coach suddenly put, you know, whatever school we're talking about at this point in time, at like 23, 22, all of a sudden we hadn't seen the school before, then we're probably more uh, feeling more inept to, like, call the people around that league and figure out, okay, should this team be ranked, right? Rather than just placing teams on a list and, and putting it out there, right? Like we're actually going to take this serious. We're trying to give Michigan a true measure of its of um, of its of its teams, right? And, um, you know, a lot of that is just up to the coaches who can send it in and, and all that. The more,
1: the better. So I just want to put that out there. Given how much ranking of things I do in my, you know, like my day job, and given just how often that results in negative feedback, you'd think that I wouldn't be so excited to just do that again here on the the Passion Project side of things. But you know what? We're going to do it anyways. We're going to rank some guys, uh, yell at us in the DMs, yell at us on Twitter. I, whatever, man. That's part of the process. Uh, we're looking forward to getting that going. Thank you for joining us again this week. We will be back next Tuesday with another all-new episode of Cold Weather Bats. Take it easy, Michigan. Cold